Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. I read to you from chapter 14 of Kieran Murphy's Sports Book of the Year nominated This Is The Life. Hashtag vote Murph on irishbookawards.e. <laughs> it's very easy to find. Just Google it. A chapter entitled Lions You don't in even winter. have to vote in all of the categories. Just go online, vote... Listen on, I've interrupted too much. A chapter entitled Lions in Winter about the unique pressures on the retired inter-county star who continues to play for their club. Now imagine what it's like when you've known the experience of having Croke Park in the palm of your hand, of winning All-Stars and All-Irelands. Suddenly you're in the middle of a game you expect to dominate with 50 people watching and you're being handed your arse by some young lad with a point to prove. That must be a devastating moment for any inter-county player. And that's the tightrope anyone walks every time they play past their prime. Well, thankfully, Johnny Doyle has a less miserable worldview than Murphy. <laughs> He's played 15 years. Less miserable than me. That's by no means a, a glowing endorsement, but... He, he played 15 years with Kildare. Started every single championship game in that time. Won a Leinster title in 2000, an All-Star in 2010. And the near decade since his inter-county retirement back in 2014, he's continued to play for his club, Alan Wood. And on Sunday, age 45, he was named Man of the Match as he kicked three points in a one-point victory against Castle Dermot to win a first intermediate title for his club since 1990. He broke off celebrations on Monday to inject a bit of enthusiasm into Kieran Murphy's life. It was just about playing enjoying you know the body's not too bad and in, in, no bad injuries so for me it's getting out getting the boots on and, and just being part of something bigger than yourself and, and that's the same as it always was um, for me and, and I just say I'm just so delighted to be to be there uh, sharing in, in, in the journey with these lads you know You're running around midfield there as well Johnny not exactly hiding away in the corner Well <laughs> I'd be found out if I was in the corner. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. I can bluff my way around the middle, you know, a bit of loose kicking. <laughs> um, and it's gas. I play in the middle of the field with Rory Moore, and Rory's 19. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Average age of the <laughs> midfield is 33. <laughs> <laughs> 32, 32. I, I played with Rory. I, I had a point earlier with Rory's dad, and I played with Rory's dad in the, um, when I started. And it's funny... We won a championship. The last time we won the championship in 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 um, nineteen ninety, um, 
there was eight eight of that team had sons involved in the team yesterday. So you know, it's 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 coming full circle, and and uh, the eight lads, like, the eight lads that were playing, I played with them with their with their sons and their father. So <laughs> it's uh, I, I do feel a bit old, but I I try to keep I try to keep as cool as I can around around the young lads. <laughs> so so. You know, like, how the hell are you doing this, Johnny? This is the question everyone is asking. You're 45 years old. Like, what is the secret? I'm 41. I'm trying to play a bit up here. I like, I'm decrepit. So, like, what's going on? How how are you managing it? You know, it's a funny one. Um, there's probably there's probably something in the genes. I um I didn't. I never picked up any bad injuries. I never I never broke a bone. My knees are good. Ankles good. Hips good. Um, never pulled a hamstring for whatever some strange reason, but so you know, I always think a bad injury while you get better, it still leaves a scar. And I never had that. The other thing was a big thing, and it was something I was very conscious of when I was younger. You know, I was always trying to put on weight, but I was, you know, I was a. I'm not very heavy now, but I was always light playing, and um, could never put on weight, and probably that helps. You know, when you're not carrying around maybe extra weight, it's it's maybe. It's extra, extra pressure on joints and stuff like that. So I was always naturally fit. Um, I mind the body, even though it's, it's uh, the body's not a temple by any any stretch of the imagination. I, I do, I do look after. I like, I like to do a bit of running. Um, I think that's why Mikko li- liked me a bit. I, I was always, <laughs> I like the long distance running. I've done a couple of Dublin marathons and stuff like that, and that just keeps me ticking over. And as I say, there's a little bit of mind over matter too, and. You know, I, I just enjoy playing, and and uh, you know, there's a bit of a bit of ignorance in me as well that just keeps going, and and uh, but the injuries are certainly a big thing, you know. Yeah, and you know, I have found as well. You know, you you've you mentioned there like meeting people and you're saying, oh God, you know, you're still playing, and like I do, I get asked that a bit as well. You know, at the stage of my life that I that I'm at, and. If someone went at like 42 or 43 and said, right, I'm going to go run the Dublin Marathon, that is by any measure a bigger like ask of your body than playing a, a season of intermediate or junior football or whatever. And I, like That's kind of always my answer to the people who say, uh, who, who yeah. might be thinking, you know, oh, Jesus, like, uh, you know, are you, are you ever going to actually give it up, you know? And I, I always say, well, if a lad said he wanted to run run the Dublin Marathon at fifty, no one bats an eyelid. Everyone says, "Well, fair play, no. to you. like you go yeah, for it." And that's it. And yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I've never had pain like I have after the first marathon I did. I couldn't. <laughs> I actually couldn't sit up in the bed the next morning. Every bit of me was sore. And and you know, we hear of we hear of 60, 70 year olds running the Dublin City Marathon, and you know, as you say, no one bats an eyelid. So there is mind over matter, and. You have to, you know, you know your body, and and um, you you know what it's capable of, and and uh, that's I, to me that's you know, I just I just want to play, and and I play as long as I can. Now, you, when there's a young lad tearing away, and and you're chasing after him, and the distance is getting bigger the whole time, you do question your sanity at times. But <laughs> certainly, I've I I have no regrets, and I'm I'm enjoying it, and um, we'd stay we'd stay ahead for as, as long as we can. Yeah, and I think there's. You know, there's a motivation as well. You know, there's, I, I think, a realisation when you're playing into your 40s that, you know, someday some lad's going to come along and just go through you for a shortcut and he's going to, you know, show you up whatever limitations you have and that's the day you say, right, well, that's it. You know, like, it'll all, as you say, it'll all be over soon enough. So yeah. any day that you that you don't get found out like that is, is a day worth celebrating. It's funny. 
I, I, I was playing earlier on in the year and, and um, a shout came from the sideline from the opposition said, run the legs off that lad and, and, and the lad I was marking said, will you stop? He, he's running Martins. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> you have, <laughs> when you have a reputation of getting up early, you can stay in bed all day. <laughs> he could have ran the legs of me but he was then, just because I ran a Martin, he thought that I could keep up with him and, yeah. and I was nearly glad because I, uh, I, I thought that He'd nearly given up the ghost that he couldn't run the legs off me. So you know you can you can get a reputation. What's your best marathon time, Johnny? Uh, three twelve. Ah, fuck off! Will you? <laughs> you're, you're, you're a half an hour faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was going great, and I was I thought, yes, I'm going to I'm going to break the three. Yeah. And I got up around Milltown, and that hill just oh, destroyed me. Stop. Absolutely yeah, destroyed no, we've me. All, we've all, we've all, str- yeah. we've all struggled with that. And I, I plan to go Monday again or Sunday again, but not. <laughs> we won't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> An emailer got in touch after that piece to highlight the fact that not only did jo- Johnny Doyle start 67 consecutive championship games for Kildare, <laughs> from 1996 to 2022, he did not miss a single club championship game for Alan Wood. Simply outrageous. And uh, judging by the conversation we had with him, Murph, I think he's going to be back for 2024. I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just surprised he hasn't, in all that time, had to pull like a little strategic hamstring just so he could go, like, go on holidays for a few days yeah. or something. But no, no, no. No, he's that's not, not how he operates. I don't think so, yeah. no. Kira McCormick is a former Republic of Ireland international who has been a whistleblower on abuse in Canadian football and this month became the first female co-owner and CEO of a men's and women's League of Ireland club when she took over Treaty United in Limerick with the backing of a Canadian investment firm. Just to give you a bit of background on the whistleblowing aspect of this, she wrote a blog in 2019 outlining the abusive behaviour of Bob Berarda, a former head coach of Vancouver Whitecaps and Canada Women's Under-20 team. Berarda left Canada soccer in 2008 his departure at the time was characterised as a mutual parting of the ways and despite the allegations against him he continued to coach girls and young women in the community for more than a decade after his departure from Canada Soccer last year he was jailed after pleading guilty to three counts of sexual assault and one count of sexual touching that occurred during his coaching career Kira has been she has given testimony in front of the Canadian government and has called for a national inquiry into abuse across all sports there she spoke to us about her experiences and how she's tried to channel those negative experiences into creating a positive culture in her new role in Irish football. The hearings were essentially to do with just the fact that, again, through the the situation with my coach and other, um, g- the gymnasts in Canada, there's a huge group of them that have come forward alleging like large scale abuse. And, and to be honest, in Canada now, there's like, I were definitely up towards 15 or 20 sports that have some like serious abuse allegations wow. from the national team level. Uh, it's honestly at this point, like you're, there's not even, you're like, which sports don't have that sort of yeah. um, tarnish with them. So um, yeah. So from that perspective, basically the government almost got forced into kind of calling witnesses. And so that's, I was called in front of two, there was two different committees within government that held hearings, one in December and one in April. And so I was called in front of both of them, the women's national team for Canada with pay equity. And um, just again, the treatment of, of how, you know, the things that they've gone through, they were also as a group called for one of them. So it was probably, I'd say maybe like eight different sessions called within these two different government committees. So it's kind of, that was almost like a light version of it. But I think what we're asking for is like a complete overhaul well, an inquiry in the sense of like really getting to the bottom of the structures and the people and what exactly has created all the harm. But the problem is, is again, like the government is so deeply embedded in all of it. So 
that's, I think, and obviously groups like the IOC and FIFA, like they have a lot to lose as well. If, if there's, you know, the, the structures that cause this harm is acknowledged and if the wool is pulled back from it. So I think that's kind of what's holding it up, but basically we just want an independent, you know, person to go in or group to go in and just diagnose really deeply, like all the different structures that have created all the harm. But like I said, there's, you know, we know it's there and and the government and FIFA and IOC, they all know it's there. So it's, that's where I think there's a big kind of that, that's the the hard place to get past because obviously again, if that happens, there's going to be liability and there's going to be some pretty powerful institutions exposed. And I think that's why they're fighting so hard against it. You opened that blog in 2019 by writing, over the years, I've written this blog a million times. It's been long, it's been short, it's included different parts of the story, but for various reasons, mostly fear-based, I haven't hit publish. Four years on, are you glad you did hit publish that day? Yeah, like, yeah. And I, it's, it's funny, like, even now when I talk about it, like, it's it's still really emotional for me because it was just such an awful period of time for those years that... um. Yeah, it, it was, it was horrendous. Um, and like I said, it, it's, everyone said how brave I was when I did come forward, but I think it, it came from just like a place of desperation really. And yeah, it's just, it's wild. Like I, my whole life changed from when I came forward. Um, I'm so grateful that, you know, whatever drove me that day to, to come to write the blogger, to publish it. Yeah. Like there's just, there's so much healing that comes when you're heard. And, and then there's so much harm that comes when you're silenced. And I think like my, like I said, my whole life has changed since I came forward and like, yeah, like, like culminating with this whole thing with treaty that like, honestly, I'm still pinching myself about. So <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I am to, to answer it <laughs> simply. And, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful I came forward and, and I think that's, like I said, I'm, I'm so I got through so much and I think that's why I just feel this responsibility because I know, and again, I've met so many people in this, you know, since I've come forward that have been so harmed and are still so harmed by what they experienced in sport. And I think that for me is why I just feel like, you know, I got through it and I'm okay. And I just, I want other people to have that, you know, that, that ability as well to sort of just live life on the other side of all this stuff because it's pretty horrendous you know just and a lot of people are going through it oh fair play to you it it did you know it's an incredible thing to have done and and obviously to have dealt with everything that's come with it over the last few years kira what about treaty united then you say you're pinching yourself about this yeah like like i've I've always it's one of those things like if you throw something out to the universe you know like you never know what's going to happen and Um, yeah, like I always had it in the back of my head that, you know, running a European soccer club was my dream. And I always said Ireland, just because, like I said, I just have such a place in my heart for Ireland after everything that I went through. And, and like I said, that I was able to continue my career after everything that happened in Canada. So, um, yeah. And, and so just to have kind of stumbled across this opportunity and then to have, you know, again, like really serendipitously or whatever, if you believe in the higher powers or whatever you want to call it, but like the way that it all unfolded with Tricor and and the fact that they're honestly, like I could not have picked better partners and like the city of Limerick and the league of Ireland could not have, you know, could not have been luckier in terms of the kinds of people that they are and what they're about. And, 
Um, yeah. And, and, and again, even just sort of being able to work with someone like Mary Curtin, who again is from Limerick, who's, you know, talking about all the things, even that Irish women have been through in soccer, like Mary and I have a photo of us changing in the bathroom into our Ireland tracksuits in, in Dublin, you know, back in 2009 or something, you know, so just to have gone through the journey as a player with Mary and now, you know, again, she's from Limerick and, and being able to work with her day in and day out, like on this project and, yeah, like I said, just to have the opportunity to really take all of the negative and just turn it into a blueprint of how good things can be if they're done mm. properly. And um, yeah, that for me is <laughs> is why I literally am pinching myself that I'm in this situation and, and I'm just so grateful and so excited for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. England have been absolutely ripped to shreds. Here comes uh, Rob Herring with the line of throw for Ireland on the England 10-metre line, far side. The ball is swept back, here comes Keith Earls, gathers it now, races inside the 22-metre line, goes for the corner, Earls, far side of the pitch, looks to touch it down, in for the try! Far side of the pitch, 22 minutes gone, Keith Earls with the try! Flown over the tail end of the line-out, across on the far side, liveliest man in the entire place was the Ireland fellow on the wing, his name is Keith Earls. The Rugby World Cup finally comes to a conclusion on Saturday night, but already World Rugby is thinking ahead about the future, announcing its decision to expand the 2027 tournament to 24 teams, while also announcing a new biannual... Biennial? Biennial. Biennial International Nations Championship involving the leading 12 Northern and Southern Hemisphere sides. That will commence in 2026 alongside a second division of 12 teams. The Irish Independence Chief Rugby Correspondent Rory O'Connor was on with our friend Scotty Stevenson of TVNZ. And Scotty in particular was not a fan of this new venture. From 2030, there will be, they say, although I will believe this when I see it, relegation and promotion from this tournament. So your Scotland's, your Italy's, maybe your Ireland's, you know, maybe your New Zealand's, you never know, might drop down into the Challenger Series if they lose. But ultimately, the, the, the rich nations are trying to ring-fence themselves against being challenged by the, by the poorer nations. Um, they're trying to draw, pull up the drawbridge beneath them. And those poor nations, some of whom have done really well at this World Cup, some of, some of whom didn't, but like your Portugal's, your Chile's, your Uruguay's, who've been a bit of a story at this tournament, really don't get any meaningful games against Tier 1 oppositions for the next four years. This is mad, right? Would, because at the, at the exact yeah. same time that the that the announcement is made that there will be more teams, more teams in the Rugby World Cup in the next iteration of it, those teams are being told they're going to have as little support for the next four years as they've had previously and they won't be playing Tier 1 Nations anyway. So you're going to have more Hawkings. And I know we were, everyone was encouraged by Portugal and one or two others who made a fist of it. 
but there are just going to be more and more tankings at this next World Cup. I don't know how the teams are being allowed into the World Cup and at the same time not being given support. Because yeah. even, even you said about 2030, you said you'll believe it when you see it. So it sounds like they might never get a chance to be in that top league. Yeah, and look, I'm I'm being uh, cynical. In, well, you're not in the that. only one. In uh, fairness, it's a you know, it's a fair bit like, of okay, fair degree of cynical. You're completely accurate, Rory. Yeah. This is never going to happen. It's horseshit. But like, what's great about a World Cup is the global thing, and and the fact that we see new new teams and new stories, and we see Portugal beat Fiji, and Fiji still qualified for a quarterfinal. What an amazing week that was! And Fiji are going to get into this, you know, but they. But really, until Fiji are given access to a rugby championship, I, I don't see them fully being part of the party. Until everyone gets equal voting rights at the table, you know, basically everyone's got, you know, Ireland and New Zealand and the other, again, tier, tier one nations have more power at the table. So they're never, like, the turkeys don't vote for Christmas. We all know this. I mean, the fact that the Sands are the, the, the body who runs the rugby championship in Super Rugby and the six nations will hold the commercial rights for this for the for the, the nations championship so it tells you everything that you need to know about who's driving this and what's going to happen and then world rugby are footing the cost because there will be a significant cost in running the challenger series and world rugby as a body want this to be their tournament with a more inclusive relegation and promotion but world rugby really don't have the power because the the power rests with the six nations in particular uh, who are very conservative and very traditional and the rugby championship nations and they're all as we saw with COVID trying to protect their bottom line because ultimately gate, re- gate receipts and TV money keep this tournament this this whole sport afloat and they're all worried that if they try and expand they and if they try and ha- you know if they if they if they get relegated they'll basically go bang because if Scotland get relegated they'll they'll lose access to having New Zealand come to town in November and Murrayfield won't sell out for Portugal and then their whole they can't fund their game so look there is understandable reasons behind their conservatism but if you want to grow the game and you talk about growing the game then you can't then vote for this in the in the way it's being structured there will be more games for those teams against each other in a better tournament and World Rugby have pledged funding for them and I think that will help them improve to a degree but can we ever see them compete properly at a World Cup if they're not playing regularly against the best teams? I, I I don't see how that can happen. And I don't see how you can talk about growing the game while not having any meaningful games between the teams from the, the rich nations and the poorer nations until 2030 at the very earliest. I don't see how that those two things tally. Yes, Scotty, I think Rory gets to the nub of the issue there, saying that Sanzar and the Six Nations get to run the commercial end of this thing that's supposedly run by World Rugby, who don't actually have as much power as, say, somebody like FIFA. Yeah, you know, like even as Rory outlined that, I just got more and more confused, and that's not Rory's fault. The, the fact is there's just so many unanswered questions in this, and so little by way of detail in any of the communication from World Rugby over the whatever you want to call it, League of Nations and over the Challenger Series, the no promotion relegation thing, like Rory's dead, right? That's never happening. There's never going to be relegation in these competitions. Don't even give me that. Bill Beaumont, who looks like he's the forgotten character from a Harry Potter sequel, standing there like British <laughs> Voldemort in the crowd. I mean, what does he say? The rising sea floats all boats. I mean, get in the sea, Bill Beaumont. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say. We know that's not going to happen. I mean, that press release sent out by World Rugby, it was word confetti of the highest order. Whoever wrote it obviously deserves a pay rise because I got to the end of it and that's a start and I was probably the only one, well, me and Rory, um, and even then my brain hurt and I felt violated. Um, It's just nonsense. The whole thing is nonsense. 
just get on with the game. And, you know, it's a it's a fascination for me with rugby. Rory brings up a good point. You're not going to sell out Murray Field for Scotland-Portugal because rugby fans want contests. And we touched on this earlier around that all-black uh, semi-final against Argentina. Um, football fans go and watch their team. doesn't matter. They could be playing anyone from any division anywhere in the world and you'd still fill out a stadium because football fans support their team. Rugby fans don't. Rugby fans want contests. And that is a, a real crucial difference in why rugby is so financially strapped at times because because our fans only ever want the filet mignon. We never want anything else. We don't go for the cheaper cuts of meat. And I think that's a shame for the game. Um, but look... You announce an expanded Pacific Nations Championship at the same time as you say the Sanzar Nations are going to pick two other teams to play in their uh, six-team tournament, one of which is going to be Japan because they've got heaps of cash, and the other is likely to be Fiji because at least they'll be competitive or at least could be competitive. So now you've immediately taken two teams out of the big expanded competition that World Rugby's promoting. Uh, so that's And that's day one. Day one of this. So there's so much more to come out of this. And and look, you know, honestly, they could not organise a piss-up in a brewery, this outfit. Rory, I feel like every rugby competition in the world is sort of up for discussion at the moment. So obviously the World Cup's going to change format with this new World League. And then the story of this IRFU are open to British and Irish Super League. What the hell is this? Yeah, I mean, I will say that the Nations Championship, to go back to it, I think it will be a decent competition when it starts and it'll be the best teams playing against each other for a trophy. And I, I, you know, I'm all, For us first-worlders, it'll be good, yeah. It, no, absolutely. As a television, you know, for, for the majority of rugby fans who are from those nations, I think they'll enjoy it as a thing, you know, and I'll miss the three-test so series. So we're going to so have a 12-team so World Cup in the year before a World Cup and then we're yeah. going to have a 2014 World Cup where those same 12 teams <laughs> are going to contest the World Cup. Scotty Stevenson, I'm going to say good value throughout this tournament. It also helps the time difference. Yeah. He's got a chance to get a bit looser in the evening times (laughs) when talking to us. And Scotty's not shy of, you know, like the boys are about to call let's open something you know, <laughs> or what's already open you know that's yeah, the question yeah, yeah. That I waste not what not and why the hell it. not He's all a great that guy. is available now on the world service and you can listen to all our old episodes just have a look at secondcaptains.com mm. sign up for five euro a month I think, it, I, think it, I think you're not going to regret it I also want to mention available now at no cost is the second installment of Richie Sadler's brilliant new podcast series called Episode this week Richie chats to Dr. Katrina O'Sullivan she's an academic at Maynooth University whose memoir Poor Oh the book is so good Yeah nominated for a couple of Irish book awards actually it tells the story of how she grew up in extreme poverty in a home where both her parents had long term addiction issues the conversation is as you might imagine harrowing at times but there are plenty of shafts of light in there I thought she's an an unbelievable personality she's very funny um, even in am- amongst the serious topics that she's talking about, she's got an unbelievable personality and she does talk very positively about things as well, especially when she speaks about the teachers who gave her a sense of self-worth as a kid. Like, I always imagine that when you're born, you have this like dark space inside of you. It's your parents' job to put a couple of lights in there. And them lights are, they go there because there's love, consistency, food, warmth, discipline. And them lights will guide you in life. Like they draw, they they show the way for you. Like in my case, like when I started primary school, there was still a dark space inside of me. I had no light. But actually teachers really can place a light in a child. So like when I was that wild teenager who was like, fuck you, don't even say anything to me. This teacher found a way to communicate with me where I would listen. 
But I remember he came to my house on parent-teacher meeting evening. But he, he said to my dad, I was listening behind the door, he said, um, I was hoping to meet you, Mr. O'Sullivan, tonight. Uh, and my dad, like, mumbled an apology. And Mr. Pickering said to him, I just wanted to tell you that your daughter's amazing. She's so talented. Wow. And I think you should do more to help her. Behind the door, I grew an inch. Like some man who didn't have to went to bat for me with my own my family and that actual conversation actually didn't come to light like the impact until I was sitting in an interview for Trinity College at the age of 23 so like I knew I was failing the interviews three academics and me this commoner <laughs> this chavy girl fake tan hoops and they're asking me questions I've no clue and then the, this guy said have you do you read do you know any books and I knew then Miss Pickering wow. I'm gonna cry a little bit here but like of mice and men John Steinbeck I know this and I was able to describe theories and things that I'd learned in English because he told me I was good at something and so one of the messages I always try to give to teachers is some, like Mr. Pickering never saw that I went to Trinity. Like I left school at 15 and pregnant and he died a year or two after that. But so sometimes what we give a kid, we might never see the response that we want. So you can invest everything and the child can still say, fuck you, I'm leaving. I'm not doing it. I don't care. But like the light lives on forever. An extraordinary conversation, that one. It's available now wherever you get your pods. Just search episode with Richie Sadler. Please subscribe to the podcast and give it a review if you want as well. Second Captain's Podcast, Murph. It's part of a network. Uh, this will be in a, the ACAST Creator Network. The ACAST Creator Network. We're proud to be members of the ACAST Creator Network. Nice. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.